women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. Good evening. We are so glad to have you with us this evening on Older Women Likewise. Cindy and I are so glad to welcome Lonnie Cruz to be with us. Uh, Lonnie is an author who has written several women's books, study books. Unfortunately, we have had some technical difficulties, and so we have Lonnie on the telephone with us. Uh, but we want to welcome her to the program this evening. Lonnie is going to talk with us of advice to future as well as current elders' wives. Lonnie, welcome to Older Women Likewise. Thank you for having me here. Glad you're here, Lonnie. Well, tell us uh, something about uh, what you're going to talk about this evening. Uh, my husband was an elder for many years, and so I wanted to share a few things that I learned over those years that might help other uh, elders' wives in their service. Perfect. Yes. What you got first, Lonnie? Um, becoming an elder's family uh, and supporting an elder in his work for the Lord begins a long time before name pronounced before the congregation. It takes time and effort to grow as Christians, exhibiting the qualifications listed in the scripture. If you believe your husband would make a good elder, the time to prepare the whole family for this work is now. And the qualifications are in Titus 1, 5 through 9. Very, very true. And, you know, it's interesting that there are qualifications that are given for the wives of deacons. Nothing's mentioned about elders qualifications for elders wives and so really do you think Lonnie one of the best ways to um, prepare to be an elder's wife would be to look at that list that's given to the wives of deacons that they are to be worthy of respect not malicious gossips a lot of damage is done there right um, self-controlled trustworthy yes. in all things yes yes I do. Seems like a good place to start. And, um, and, and the husband has to be able to trust her more than anyone mm -hmm. uh, because she's going to be working side by side with him and uh, sharing the burden with him, which I'll be talking about in a minute. Okay. Uh, so she has to be trustworthy and reliable. And she has to, he has to desire the job, but she has to desire it for him. And I think if that's she doesn't a, want him to be an elder. It'd be hard. That's a really important point, Lonnie, because so often we encourage uh, young men to be preachers or song leaders. And sometimes we neglect to encourage them to be elders, but that's also true of our young women 
to encourage them to be elders wives. Uh, we have to be sure that, you know, we're doing everything we can to help these young women, young girls yes. and women to have that as a desire. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, and then once you, you know, when you start to, when you've qualified or the congregation thinks you have, and the husband's name is placed before the congregation as a possible elder. Um, Are you there? Most congregations give the members an opportunity to voice any concerns or problems they have with the, the man. And as a result, the wife and family may come under fire re receiving criticism along with attaboys. So you have to think seriously about that criticism. If it's true, you need to work on it. The wife needs to work on it, the children, the husband. If the criticism is false, then I suggest shrugging it off because we all know each other as Christians and we can sort facts from fiction. And yeah. Even Jesus had to endure false accusations, Matthew 9, 34. And, and Matthew 9, 34 says, And the Pharisee said, He casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. So even Jesus, yes. right? Yes. It's, you know, that has always but gone along not, with the... I'd add this, Lonnie. That would all, that's always gone along with the territory of leadership, hasn't it? That... Um, and it, it really, it speaks to your character if you're able to take injustice like that, like a false accusation on the chin. Um, and it, But it takes a lot of self-control to not fixate on any kind of uh, false accusation. Um, so I, I would think that the way that we could kind of get through that is that mindset of really not looking for good reviews necessarily from the world or any it really any human opinion but really to have our hearts totally set on hearing god say well done because you know what god always knows the whole story right as long as god knows the whole story yes. he's omniscient we're okay we can handle that and the truth will yes. surface often the the truth on the matter will come out in the end one thing lonnie that hey, i've found I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lonnie. I was just going to say that quite often when you are busy doing the Lord's work, the ones who aren't are the ones who criticize. Okay. So you have to take that into account. Yes, uh, that's very true. And I'd like to make the comment, too, that it's easy sometimes for us to accept criticism for ourselves against ourselves. But when people criticize our husband or our children, oftentimes that's where it's really easy to be angry. And we have to work on that. Um, another thing that I have found is sometimes there are members uh, that don't want elders because they don't want to submit. And so everybody whose name is put up, they criticize and they try to tear them down. We have to look at a motive sometimes when criticism is, is against us. And one last point I'd like to make is that we need to be ready to forgive after that process is carried out. Sometimes there are hard feelings. Uh, people say things sometimes in the heat of the moment, or maybe they thought that something was true or not. And we need to be ready to and look to forgive anybody who has brought a false accusation against us or our children or our husbands. 
and assume the best motives yeah, too, Isla. You can't yes. let that stop you. Yeah, don't let it stop you. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. What else, Lonnie? Uh, are we ready? Yes, ma'am. The next one, my next point is that leading a congregation as the Lord desires and making tough decisions are very hard for an elder. Your husband needs lots of encouragement while he serves, especially from you. Elders see the good and bad in the flock more than the rest of the congregation, and helping members through tough times can really weigh heavily on them. Your husband needs his help meet now more than any other time. He cannot do the job alone, which is surely the reason God requires him to be a family man. And my one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 1, 12, encourage each, encouraging each other. Mm. Yeah, I asked my husband about this one. Like, what what do you think wives can do to be encouraging to husbands? He was a, he was an elder for a while, and his main thing was to if if I was remaining upbeat, that was like one of the biggest things that I could do to keep him encouraged during really tough times. So, having some things that we can laugh about every day, things that we can that mm -hmm. we're looking forward to talking about you know what we're happily anticipating in the future um and really being the wife of a spiritual leader it really takes almost like to me a little bit of a, um like athleticism spiritually so you're gonna just need to feed your soul on the word of god and prayer every day to be able to continue yes. to be that encouragement to him yes yes um, I'd like to say encouragement in God's word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that uh, we had Jensen Nicholson, a young woman that's in fact going to be with us next week. Uh, and she said in uh, her, her book that she wrote about marriage and helping your husband to become that leader uh, in the family, as well as in the church that she said, you need to give admiration and acceptance and appreciation and all those are ways to encourage our husbands uh, as they are doing God's work uh, in the home as well as as in the church yeah appreciation is so important for everyone but especially for husbands I think mm -hmm. um, yeah that that brings me to the three monkeys Maybe you've heard of them. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. I think that dates back to the 40s or 50s. And as an elder's wife, your husband may choose to share sensitive information with you about a problem in the congregation in order to get your input or thoughts. You may inadvertently overhear a phone call to him or a conversation. Or you may hear something from another member about their problem that hasn't been brought to the elders yet. Knowing these kinds of private things can become a burden on you. You can't unsee and you can't unhear it. And you can't share it with anyone else. But you became an elder's wife because you have already demonstrated your love for the Lord, your husband, and your fellow Christians. You can do this. In the scriptures, Proverbs eleven thirteen, respecting confidentiality. The um, thing that is so important is when you do know 
these things that are confidential in the congregation is that you keep them. It can be awful empowering and, and live, give you a sense of power to know things that other people don't know. But as an, as a Christian, as an elder's wife, you yeah. have to fight that temptation of the devil to, you know, show how important you are because you know stuff, you know, we have to really be careful yeah. of that sin of pride by yeah. being the first to know and, and uh, to be sure that we don't try to, to share those things. And yeah. another thing that, yeah. uh, that we know is that quite often when you know the things that you know, and you know, the things that are going on that you're not sharing with others can really isolate you from members of the congregation. Yeah. Can, you can feel really alone and you'd have to be careful not to let that overwhelm you. Uh, again, that's a temptation for us to feel like we can't talk to anybody else that, that we have to just, you know, stay close to ourselves, but we must be careful yeah. not to go to the other extreme and, either. And yes. one other point on this, as mm -hmm. women, sometimes we hear things like in a ladies class or a private conversation with a woman and you see a problem coming. Uh, mm -hmm. That had happened to me a time or two. And I did not tell my husband because I wanted when the problem came to the elders, him to be able to make a decision without um, me, pre me prejudicing him by telling him what I had heard. You know, maybe I heard the wife's story of a problem and not the husband. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to bring him down on her side when mm -hmm. he was here both sides before, before they could make a, a good decision. So mm -hmm. sometimes you hear things that you can't share even with your husband, the elder. You keep it to yourself and, and wait to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you make a good point in not using your position to try to, in the background, steer your husband toward how you want things to be. Mm -hmm. He's an elder. Mm -hmm. You're not an elder. He's an elder. And I think, though, probably in the situation that you brought up, that's going to have to be a case by case basis, right? Depending on what you heard at the ladies class, mm -hmm. some things Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, you'll need to be the one because it's souls are at stake and it needs to be dealt with other times in like the situation you were in. It wasn't pressing enough. There was some element to it where really it was better that if it was going to surface that surface that it surfaced naturally. Mm -hmm. but, and I guess the only yeah. other thing I would add is. You know how often over time the truth comes out, like maybe as an elder's wife, you knew it weeks before or months before. The yeah. thing is, when yeah. others see how well you respected their confidentiality, how you did not, even with your body language, you did not give hints that you knew something or then I think that proves over time, over and over again, that you are going to also honor everyone else's privacy on these very sensitive matters. Yes. You know? Yes. Another thing, if yes, I may, I think so. a, another thing, okay. Lonnie, I'd like to bring out, if I may, is that quite often, because we do know things, an elder's wife knows things that other elder's wives know as well, we have to be really careful yes. uh, as that we, in getting together with the other elder's wives, 
that we don't fall into gossip uh, when we are maybe, yeah. you know, we should be trying to help and encourage one another, not gossiping about others. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, I agree. And we were fortunate that I didn't see that happening. Don's not an, he was an elder for, um, I think about 30 years when he retired from it. Uh, he wasn't able to do the job anymore. And I don't remember any time when the wives got together and talked about things. And most Wonderful. of the time we didn't know what the others knew until yeah. it came to the public. Well, that's good. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, Lonnie, what, what can you tell us about preparing ourselves to serve alongside our husbands um, as they become elders? Is that your next well, point? Um, I, was, I was thinking of, of emergencies because mm -hmm. in any congregation, the elders are usually the first responders to a member's emergency. Yes. They trusted him enough, you know, and they trust him enough to make him an elder, so they trust him enough to call him when something happens and that means that he can be called out at all hours of the night to put a fire out and nine times out of ten you're going to be the one going with him and this is the wise time to shine not on purpose but you know but to help in the service because he needs you and those in distress need you as well um, and that's why it, it mentions in James 5 14 and 15 doesn't mention the wives going, but who got the oil ready, you know, and, mm, yeah. and make sure it was in a secure container and, and helped him get ready to go and probably went yeah. along to help. Yeah. And, you know, so it's really isn't. Say that again. I'm not sure what your last comment was, but go I'm going to add, I'm going to add that. It's really an honor, I think, to be with people during those huge crossroads of their lives when there's a crisis, because often and I have, I found this even with my work with the victims of domestic violence when I was serve, you know, volunteering for the police department and going out on emergencies is often hearts are wide open during these times of crises. And so it's really a privilege to be there to speak God's wisdom into these open hearts, you know, well, like on the worst day of their life. You're there to say things that could mm -hmm. really bring a spiritual awakening to them and just a renewing. And so I would encourage us to be, as preacher's wife, like Sarah in 1 Peter 3, 6, not frightened by any fear. Um, we can also practice, you know, being very tactful in a loving way. Because um, yes. when people know how much you care about them, they are more likely to be eager to hear, you know, hear what you have to say that's encouraging for them if they know how uh, deeply you care for them, even if it's like a little slightly Absolutely. confrontational on a correction, I guess I should Absolutely. say. Yeah. Yes. What do you have, Isla? Any thoughts on that, Isla? Well, and I, I thought too of the family of the elders, uh, elder and his wife go out on an emergency that they're needed together uh, we need to think about their children. They're hopefully, you know, the plan is that, that they would have older children, but sometimes their children still need them. We need to be careful that we are taking care of our own children as well, even though they might be teenagers or older teenagers, those in the home. Uh, it's easy for us to get, you know, to get caught up with helping the brethren and neglect our own children. So we need to really 
to be careful with that. That's part of that balance of that the, the elder's yeah. wife needs to be able to do and the elder needs to be able to do as well. Um, another thought yeah. I had was that you if you go, with, I'm sorry, Lonnie, go ahead. Helping others. There has to be a balance. Yes, yes. And I, I thought as well, Lonnie, that when you go with your husband to someone to help, you need to be sure that you either agree with his response or you know how to accept his response and not get in an argument with him. I don't think that's the way to handle it. You know, you shouldn't say that. You need to continue your submission uh, even though you have been asked to come to help, uh, you know, you still are yeah. in submission and be sure yeah. the elder's wife needs to be thinking about that as well. Yes. Yeah. And the, the last point I'd like to make is that sometimes among when sinners are confronted uh, with the truth of God's word that uh, oftentimes they are ready to verbally attack God's messenger, and we have to be prepared yeah. for that. We hope that when we present yeah. the truth to people that they will say, yes, I'm wrong and I want to do right, but that doesn't always happen and we need to be ready for that. And that's all I had yeah. to say. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Uh, another thought I wanted to share was that by the time your husband becomes an elder, you have usually discovered your own talents, the way you best serve the Lord. And those talents would now be more important than ever. So you need to hone them and use them. One handicapped elder's wife that I know excels at sending cards and making calls to the suffering. Um, even with, despite her own difficulties, which are worse than a lot of most people. Uh, another elder's wife excels at hosting visitors for meals and overnight stays when they need a place. Some exceed at... at teaching class or meals for the sick or grieving. We all have important service to give to God and others. Only I think as an elder's wife, it becomes even more important mm -hmm. uh, because you will be the one, you and your husband will be the one that's called on. And I use Matthew 25, 15 for the scripture with that one. For about serving others to serve him. Yes, absolutely. Good points right there. And, and we need to, you know, an elder's wife needs to identify what her traits are, what she's good at, and, and to be able yeah. to, you know, to, to know yourself and to, to know what things you are good at. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, we need to, you know, to think about what can I add to this congregation, whether you're an elder's wife or not, what value can I add to mm -hmm. the Lord's church yeah. in this place? find your service and to do that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And hopefully there's a balance between the elders wives, you know, some elders wives might be good at one element and other elders wives good at another element. And, you know, it's good just to know yourself. You may be able to ask your friends, you know, what do you guys think I'm good at or that I could develop even more and polish up, you know, in God's service, even as older women, there's always room for growth and learning how to do things, mm -hmm. more things and, you know, diversifying our service to God. So the main thing is, and I love that you brought up Matthew 25. Um, the main thing is hearing 
God say, you know, the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And of course, then they're like, when did we see this? And he says, well, when you did it for others, you did it for me. And so that's really at the heart of being an elder's wife is you're doing a lot of those things on a spiritual level and on a physical level Mm -hmm. that you, you know, you're, you're feeding people (laughs) spiritual nourishment and you're also serving people physically. So it's an honor. It's an honor. And it's some of the most fulfilling work that you can do because you're making a huge difference in the lives of the people in God's family in the kingdom of God. So that's a very worthwhile, worthwhile way to spend your life. Absolutely. Lonnie, do you have some closing comments? Well, we have been in, well, the same congregation before we had elders and after and things and, and now we have new elders because like I said, one of our elders passed away and my husband resigned. So, we have some new elders and things just run so much more smoothly. They handle things behind the scenes that we don't need to know. They take care of it and problem solved and nobody needs to be worried about it. And it just runs so much better. And and our elders work really hard to do things that would please God. And that's that's what elders do. And they just I if the congregation has a chance to uh, have elders they really need to um i just the, my last thought was may the lord bless you as you do this important work for him for your husband and for the congregation proverbs thirty-one twenty-nine, and that one was my one of my favorite many daughters have done well but you excel them all lovely lovely Love, let's give those elders double honor you know they work so hard they sacrifice so much many of them it's all volunteer work so they are due our respect and our appreciation let's write a card this week ladies (laughs) absolutely it's a wonderful thing to do uh to uh encourage our elders just the things we say as well as like you said cards and and uh giving them the honor among the church among the members of the things that they do it's a, a wonderful uh, work that is done and, and a wonderful work for women to do, to, to aspire to be uh, yes. an elder wife as a young woman. And, and then as you're married to help your husband to be, to want to be an elder and to, to make that home for him, you know, with him uh, so that it's the home that God wants for his elders to have. Uh, and we have a lot to do with that as well. Oh yeah, we have to make the home where he he can you know have a place to come of safety and peace. Absolutely, and, and do his work. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Lonnie, for what you've written on the topic and taking the time, and even still joining us, even though we couldn't get video to do what we needed it to do. So thank you so much for being your flexibility tonight. Tonight. Yes, thank you so much for being with us. I've enjoyed it. I enjoyed it.
Thank God. you for having me. Great. Well, it, it has been wonderful to be with you tonight, Lonnie, and we want to uh, tell all our viewers to look for us again next week. We will have uh, Jensen Nicholson and some other ladies uh, that she knows, I think from her congregation, who are going to be talking about how we talk. Uh, she's going to be talking about the Christian woman and her speech. Uh, and so they're going to be talking about some good ways of speaking and some bad ways. Uh, now, now, all of those will be things that will help edify us and teach us about talking about how we talk. So look for us next week, next Thursday evening at eight o'clock. In the meantime, on Tuesday evening, be sure to watch Answering Religious Error at eight o'clock p.m. And then on Wednesday at noon, question and answer at on Wednesdays, as I said, at noon. So thank you so much for joining us this evening and we hope all of you have a good night.